Ladies and gentlemen, you're back again. Joining me on American Liberty. Thank you for tuning in. This is Kevin Warmhold. Please do not forget to go follow us on our Facebook page at American Liberty Podcast. Like the page. Keep up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. You get every episode that gets uploaded will be linked on that page. Also, go to our Instagram page at American underscore Liberty underscore podcast. Go to my Twitter page at Kev Warmhold. That's K-E-V-W-A-R-M-H-O-L-D. At Kev Warmhold on Twitter. Follow me. Everything that I do with the podcast gets uploaded on those three social media sites. Also, you could go to subscribe on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and iTunes. Just go subscribe. It's free. I do not charge anything for this podcast, and you'll be alerted every time a new episode does drop. Today, we have a great episode. Aja Smith joins me today to discuss her campaign. She ran in the 2018 congressional race for the 41st District of California as a Republican. She ran against Mark DeCano, who is the... He sits on the Armed Services Committee, okay? That is something that deals a lot with veterans' issues and the military. He's never served in the military, and he knows nothing about the VA, but yet he sits on that committee for obvious political reasons. Nothing to do with anything he could do to improve the health and well-being of our veterans. He never served. Aja Smith is an Air Force veteran who has served. Her family has a long history of service to this nation, and she ran on the 2018 ticket, and she plans to run again because she is disgusted with what she sees happening and what Mark DeCano is doing. He's moving further left. He's not addressing veterans' issues, and she is coming on to discuss her soon-to-be 2020 campaign and how to get involved with her campaign. Like I said, she's in the 41st District of California. California is almost completely left. But she believes that she could bring it back to the right. And she believes that she could help the veterans. She, that district is heavily, there's a heavy population of veterans in that district. So if you do listen and you do hear this podcast, listen to her, what she says about Mark Takano uh, and how she could help our veterans. So stand by, join me with Aja Smith. This is America Liberty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to American Liberty. Today, I am joined by Aja Smith. She was the 2018 congressional candidate in District 41 in California. She ran against Mark Takano. She's an Air Force veteran who has a, a, a very vast history of service for this country, and she is gearing up for a possible 2020 run. Thank you, Aja, for joining uh, me today on American Liberty. Well, thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate it. First, tell me, you're an Air Force veteran. You served this country. Tell me about the, the family history behind serving America. Oh, my family history goes way back. My Both my grandparents, my grandmother and grandfather, they served in the Air Force. My grandfather was a World War II veteran, Korea and Vietnam. And my grandmother also served, unfortunately, during those times when you got married and, and had kids, you had to get out. So she didn't serve that much time. But 
My mom was a military brat. She was born at Lackland, and my uncle was born at Norton Air Force Base. My great uncle was a Tuskegee Airman. I have both sides of my family. My mom's, my mom and dad's side, everybody served one way or another. And it, it, it's in my blood to serve and to protect our Constitution. So when after 9-11, I decided to join the United States Air Force, and I went into the reserves, but I was activated. Everybody got activated because we didn't know what was going to happen and how long. And it was a real award, rewarding experience. In 2007, I went to Qatar Air Base. We supported a lot of missions there. I... I was an Air Force Reserve technician for a long time, and then eventually I got out of the military, went regular civil service. I was an IT technician, and during my run, I had to take a leave of absence and then um, actually quit my job because of the it was a partisan race. But everything was rewarding. Fifteen years in the DOD really opened my eyes in the real world, especially when it comes to national security issues. And that's what really led me to prompt to run for Congress, because I noticed when Mark DeConnell became our representative in 2012, you know, we all said, OK, we're going to give him a chance. But he was voting no constantly on national defense bills. And my district, we have a military installation, March Air Reserve Base. And here he said, well, I'm here for the vets. I'm here for civil service. I'm here for everybody. He hasn't done anything, and still, we're about to lose 200 jobs at March Air Reserve Base. are going to go back east, and here he sits on the Veterans Affairs Committee. And recently, I don't know if, I think I did tweet it out, that the VA hired a convicted murderer to be an employee. So I said, okay, we have to really get this guy out of office. He's a photo op congressman when it comes to Veterans Affairs. And with the Veterans Affairs, I mean, going back years, because I served in the service and I've gone through the VA health system that uh, recently, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with AOC, uh, yes. she's all over the news. She says how great the healthcare system is. And I remember tweeting her like, you got to be kidding me. I waited nine months for appointments to go see a it doctor is, and, and it's so backed system. up. Yes, it's the worst system. And it's a true definition of socialized medicine. And when you get people like AOC and Mark Takano and, and a couple of others, they really don't have a clue. They don't know the effects. The VA healthcare system, to me, is one of the worst systems that we have. And, to, uh, and a lot of veterans are dying. They are literally dying or committing suicide because they're in pain, they're in trauma. And for Mark Takano, when he first got elected in 2012, he became the chair. Now, keep in mind, Mark Takano's never served in the military. He, he, he ran as a teacher for Congress. He's never served in the military. And to put somebody as the chair, and then the second time around, he became the vice chair, and this time around, he became chair again, he has no clue about veterans' issues. And I'm not knocking unions, but it's pretty much the union that's telling him what to do and what not to do. And I have a lot of problems with that because my mother and grandmother, they're both nurses, and I was always told and taught patient care comes first. And that's what's not going on at the VA. It's too big of a backlog. And Mark DeConnell hasn't done anything to help anybody in this region or nationally when it comes to Veterans Affairs. 
first, it just blows my mind that he would be appointed to that position when he's never had any military service or an understanding of what military veterans deal with on a day-to-day issue. I understand he's a teacher and he's educated, but it seems more like a political appointed spot as a favor or something. I don't know. But in your time, and since he's been, um, since 2012, we back then we had the sequester. That yes. took a lot of money away from veterans, and he voted for the sequester every single time. Yes, he did. And I was part of that, that whole entire Fandango where we even, you know, the furlough and then the shutdown. And it was a hard hit on us because March Air Reserve Base, we are the largest reserve base on the West Coast, and we're the largest in the Air Force Command. And for us to have this one day short of money in our paycheck, you know, we live in a middle class blue collar area. And a lot of us don't make a lot of money. So March is the backbone. They are the largest employer in our district. Where, and they also um, generate a lot of revenue for our district and our whole entire region. So nobody is making these top dollars. We're all middle class workers. We're blue collar primarily. And I remember just getting one day less of a pay on my paycheck it really impacted my family and then when the shutdown happened I didn't get back pay some people got back pay I didn't get back pay but Mark Takano he it looked he has no remorse he has no understanding and it is questioning why does he keep getting appointed to the Veterans Affairs Committee you have plenty of veterans in Congress you could pick anybody but it really is mind-boggling as to why is that he is always appointed he hasn't really done anything but to take photo ops and i want people to really understand you know you had the maxine waters you have uh, aoc you have the loud mouths i call them the loud mouths but you also have the Peter aguilar's you have the raru ruiz's you have the mark Tacanos. now yeah you have ted lou he's a jerk but those are the ones that we need to get out. Um, Julia Brownlee, um, Antonio Sabato ran against her. He lost as well. And he has a military installation in his district, a Navy one. And those are the ones that we need to get out. And the GOP needs to help candidates such as myself for these areas that may not be as controversial as Maxine Waters and AOC. But the Mark Taconos and the Julia Brownings, we need to get those people out of Congress because they are just as dangerous. Now, one thing I want to point out is Takano has no skin in the game because he's never been a veteran. He doesn't have that understanding. No. Now, would you be open to vets seeking care outside of the VA? Some talk has been that you would get a voucher to get your – you try to make an appointment. It's backed up. Here's a voucher. Go see any doctor you want, and mm-hmm. the government will reimburse for the care. Do you see that as an option? I do. I did support it when it first came, the choice program. I said, this is wonderful because we, a lot of veterans, and I know veterans, a couple of them across country, they said they liked the program because their nearest VA hospital may be 100 miles away. And if, if that's the case, and if you have a local doctor that you trust and the government is willing to reimburse that doctor, go for it. I think we should have a choice to go. It's not that we are denying VA benefits. No, we are giving you a choice. If it's too long of a wait, you should be able to go to see any doctor, any provider that is willing to go ahead and treat you. And so you can get what you need in a timely manner. 
I have no problem with that. And I know some people did have a problem with it, but I explained it to them. If that wait is too long, why would you want to wait and you need to seek medical treatment immediately? Or if you need to, if it's too far for you to drive. And I think that's a great program. We're not getting rid of the VA. We're giving you a choice. If the VA is not close to you or if the wait is too long, you should be able to go to another provider. Now, it seems like you are very, very involved, obviously, because you're a veteran in this issue. And it is a very important issue for your district. You have a yes. lot of veterans that live in your district, do you not? Oh, yes, we do. And I, like I said, I grew up in a military family, friends, everybody. I even have some friends who did commit suicide. So when it comes to suicide and veterans, that really is their heart to me. Homeless veterans, it's so many growing, especially in the state of California as well. You know, a lot of people come to California if they're homeless because of our weather is great, but it's still bad. It's an impact. And right now there's no nobody at any level of government, local, state, and federal has been solving this issue when it comes to suicide and homeless veterans. And my plan was, if I had gotten elected, I was going to bring more federal funding and work with the partnership with the with my local and county and, and, and say, look, we need to get more veteran institutions here, especially for the homeless veterans. We have a lot out here. And to me, they're being ignored. And right now, the rate that we're going here in California, all of this is being pushed to the back burner because we have an awful governor now, Gavin Newsom, who thinks that banning straws is more important than anything else. <laughs> um, yeah, that's I, I don't understand why the priorities are in California. Me either. Nobody does. Are you planning up for another 2020 run? I am. I I am. Hopefully within the next couple of months, as soon as I can get everything together and what I need, I am going to officially make my announcement. So if you're on Twitter, if you're on Facebook, uh, follow me. I will be putting up new links for donations because it does take a lot of money to run. I did pretty good without hardly any money. But if I had just enough more money, I could have more resources and materials to get my message out to my district. So just stay tuned. I tell everybody, don't send me any donations yet. I had to take down my website because I was getting donations and I had to reimburse some people and I felt bad too. But I told them, just hold on. We're going to, I'm going to revamp my whole entire campaign with new material and do more videos, do more podcasts. Because right now, California, we are the battleground state. We hold the most congressional seats. 2020 for the president is coming up, and we're going to have to really fight hard to restore and keep our republic if we, if we can't get Donald Trump back into office. It's going, to be, it's going to be a big battle ahead of us within the next year, year and a half. In California, our primary moved to March, so time is ticking. So yeah, you, as I was gonna say, we're approaching right, quickly. We're approaching quickly. So I will be filing officially probably in September. I will be campaigning harder in September. I don't know if anybody else is going to run for this seat, but I have to focus on myself making to the primary and going to the general to finally get Mark Takano out of office. Yeah, two things I want to touch on real quick. You mentioned something that was very important, money. Running yes. a campaign is very expensive. It Fundraising is. is a huge portion of it. Has the GOP, in your eyes, 
given that you've ran a campaign so far and you're looking to run another one, has it abandoned the state of California? Has it taken, you know what, California has gone so far left, why invest the money? Or is there a way to bring the GOP back to California to get them back funding campaigns like yourself? Well, this recently, we we had our convention in February, and we have a new chair, vice chair, all new board members, and I'm also a delegate, and I was also recommended to be part of the platform messaging committee, so I hope I get that position soon. And we're going to really try to revamp the party here in California. We're getting a lot more people who are realizing the way that California is going far, far left with the progressive and socialist agenda a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, the high taxes, the ridiculous bills, banning straws and everything else you can think of, these are not priorities for Californians. We want lower taxes and more jobs and not have all these bills that are being presented with the supermajority that are just making them um, pushing a lot of Californians out of state and, comp- and companies. So the California GOP with our new chair, Jessica Patterson, She is our first female and Latina to become the state chair, and she is ready to really revamp the party to make the Republican comeback, to go back to the Reagan, uh, when Ronald Reagan was our governor, which our state really flourished. So we're all trying to pull together. We are working on it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a tough, big battle here in California because a lot of people went no party preference, but we want people to come back to the Republican Party and say we can change our state, we can make a comeback and turn around so we can be our golden state again. And I think an important way to do that is to have the GOP become more diverse and yes. have a more message of inclusion because it's it's really about the principles of what the GOP believes in and even the Libertarian Party of less government, smaller government, more freedoms. With the you know, how do you attract more diversity to a party that the left always says is definitely not inclusive to African Americans, Hispanics, and they always use that every time that there's a campaign that's going on. And and that's such a a false narrative because I was actually the first African American female to run for con. If if I had gotten elected, I would have been the second. GOP African-American female in Congress right behind Mia Love, and I would have been the first from California. So we have um, the the um, Latinos for Trump. We have African-Americans for Trump, Black caucuses. Our party is growing to be very diverse. We have the log cabin Republicans. We have people from, you know, when I went to the convention, I saw more diversity than anybody. And right now, the narrative is saying it's the party of the old white man. No, it's not. Look at the Democrats. They have Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden that are top leading. So who's really that party? The Democrats love to push that narrative. But we have a lot of conservatives who are minority and women. And they are seeing the light. And they are coming and learning more about the party and joining the party. Libertarians work with us hand in hand because we do share the same values and principles to an extent, but at the same time, we're getting more people in Hollywood, like Isaiah uh, Washington. He's a great guy. He's coming around. We have Brandon Starka with Walk Away. We have Blexit with Candace Owens and Brandon Tatum. 
we're getting more and more diversity in our party and saying enough is enough with this progressive socialist agenda that we see that is going on that's really trying to destroy our country. So we're getting a lot of people coming, joining, coming to meetings and registering in the Republican Party, especially in California. And it blew my mind that in 2016, when you looked at the the race for president, the Democrats, there were three or four options. And the yes. Republican side, there was a very diverse Oh, Option. yeah, we, we, we had Ted Cruz. Yeah, we had everybody. Ben Carson, Carly Fiorini. We, we had everybody who everybody were running says for the Republicans for are, Yeah, it, it really it amazes me that I always see when, um, like in New York City for uh, the mayoral race last, mm-hmm. last year, uh, de Blasio ran against Nicole Malatakis. Yes, uh, Malatakis, I, I watched that. She would have been the first female elected mayor in New York City history. Wow. She's both Cuban and Greek. She yes. comes from a very diverse background, and not one progressive said, hey, let's get her elected. It only matters if you are on the left side of the aisle. It, and it that, that's, shows how phony it is. And, and that's where I'm looking at the the race for presidency, and Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are the top two, but you have Cory Booker, you have Kamala Harris, you have, uh, yeah, Elizabeth Warren, but... <laughs> You have other people who are diverse, but now they're picking Bernie and Joe Biden as top two. I said, well, who's really the party of diversity? The Republican Party's long history, we have always been diverse. It's just the narrative has always been, no, we weren't, and we're, we don't like, we're racist, and we're bigots, and we're Nazis. No, we've always been the party to fight for civil rights, the party to give women the right to vote. We've always been the champion for the civil rights movement and to help people to fulfill the American dream. Lower taxes, entrepreneurship, be what you want to be, we will help you. Where the Democrats move so far left, they want socialism, they want universal health care. They don't really um, teach this in schools anymore, which bothers me that a lot of young people think it's free, but guess what? It's not free. Nothing is free. Somebody has to pay for it. And I see a lot of that going on, and that's why I hope I get this position on the committee platform so we can go out and talk to the college kids and talk to the high school kids and explaining basic civics because they're not teaching that in schools anymore. And college is, is something that you just mentioned, and I think it's very important because you see a lot of- that there's a restriction on conservative views on college campuses. And yes. And, and one thing that, um, I don't know if you're familiar with freedomworks.org, it's, a, it's a, uh, an organization that keeps tracks of voting records of legislators in Congress and the Senate. And yes. they give Mark Takano in your district, who you ran against, a freedom score of 17%. Of course. The rest of the California Democrats rate zero percent for 2019 including maxine waters and some other high profile democrats and one of the there was a bill that was um on this year to be passed it's called hr1 in which uh takano had voted yes for and freedom works says it should be no and i just Uh want to read a little piece of it it includes several problematic provisions many of which run 
over freedom of speech and freedom of association protected by the First Amendment and privacy. The bill would do this by threatening to expose the identities of private citizens who participate in the political process, thus opening them and their businesses to threats and intimidation. H.R. 1 would require that all organizations involved in a political activity must disclose their donors. Now, that to me is a, a way to keep money funneling to the GOP and to kind of put everybody who does support the GOP out there for the world to, you know, to abuse. What is your, uh, what is your position on something like this? You know, when, when I started to hear um, Congresswoman Omar's remarks and hearing AOC and Ted Lieu, and then you have Mark Takano, that's like I tell everybody, he's very quiet when it comes to these issues. It should have been a no. And for Mark DeConnell to vote yes, he he doesn't believe in the value of freedom of speech. He doesn't believe in the value, unless it's something that you agree with him. But I remember Ted Lieu making a comment one day saying that if he could, he would get rid of the freedom of speech and, free, and, and, and to get rid of it. And now keep in mind, Ted Lieu is an Air Force JAG lawyer. He is a reservist. So for somebody to, and he serves our country, wow. which is, yeah, he, he is a veteran. I think he's still in the Air Force Reserves as a JAG, a colonel. He is a colonel. Um, and for Mark DeConnell to go along with it, I, I think is very disturbing for your congressman, regardless, regardless if they are a Democrat or Republican. And I tell people, look at the voting record. I tell them to really analyze their voting records, regardless if you supported them or not. You have to really make a decision to see if this person is really representing and also, how can I say the word, um, constitutionally, are they preserving our freedoms? When I see the voting records for Mark Takano on certain issues, such as HR1, even he voted against a bill that protected children from online sexual predators. He also voted against prison reform. I pointed those out to people and I said, I'm not making this up. You have to look at their voting record and ask those questions to them. Why did you vote no or yes on these bills that affect the freedoms that are protected underneath the Constitution? I see a lot of people who just take their information from, you know, I, I'm not knocking um, social media, but I've always put links up to explain to people the consequences. If this person like Mark DeConnell voted yes, how would this impact you, especially as donors? If somebody wants to privately don donate to the GOP, let them do it. I mean, there's not, they're not, um, as long as it's not foreign terrorists donating, you can't do it anyways. But I know when it comes to freedom of speech, when it comes to freedom of the press, we have a congressman in there who is buddies with Nancy Pelosi and Ted Lieu who want to take that away from us. That's not what we are as Americans. And that's what you as a Congress, uh, congressional member signed up to do. You're here to protect our freedoms. You're here to make sure that our freedoms are not infringed. And that's what I try to get around to people. I said, it's not because he's a Democrat and I'm a Republican. I am a veteran and I 
took an oath of office in 2002 to uphold the Constitution. And I used to say that constantly in my speech, regardless if you don't like me because I'm a Republican, but just hear out when it comes to the constitutional rights. And that's why I want to run again, because I see where AOC, Mark McConnell, and Ted Lieu, especially Ted Lieu during his hearing with Candace Owens, that was disgraceful. Yeah, it, she, it was totally, she put him totally, in his place, though. She did put him in his place. And just imagine how many more of them feel that way. And you're doing that towards an African-American female who is a Republican and other ones. And you're calling us names and, and you're telling us we're the fascists. But here we are as minorities and we're free thinkers. We can't have an opinion unless it's your opinion that you tell us as Democrats put us in this bubble saying, no, you have to think this way and act this way. But going back to your question with Mark DeCano, HR1, I'm going to retweet that today or this weekend to remind people this is how he thinks and this is how he wants, you know, this is how he thinks and this is what he wants. And to be a representative and a teacher for Congress, he should not be up there. He should be promoting freedom. He should he should have voted no. And for Freedom Works to give him that low that seventeen percent, I'm surprised it's not lower. Yeah, I really that, am. That's his the, overall score since he's been in office. So this year it's at zero percent. Just so you know. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll retweet that. I'm glad I'll go back there and retweet it because when you are a representative, I don't care what party you are, you need to have you need to really. Think about why are you running? Are you running because you want to destroy us within or are you running because you want to preserve the Constitution? And that's where I think it's going to have to happen this year when, the, when 2020 comes up. Because right now we are in a battle with our freedom. Patriots, regardless if you're a Democrat or Republican, if you are a patriot and you want to keep our freedoms you need to really start focusing on what the message is on both parties. That's including the Republican Party. And voter apathy is always a problem. And that is where I think California, California has the most house seats, like you mentioned. Yes. It is the, it is the fifth largest economy in the world. If California yes. was its own country, it's number five in the world economy-wise. Yes. It produces 80 U.S. wine. It has great industry and great potential. The problem, though, is, is that it also has high gasoline prices. You're paying, on average, over $4 a gallon. Most of that is within taxes. Yes. Medium home values are at $550,000 for a home. The national average is $226,000. That is unaffordable to middle class and lower class people who are trying to get by paycheck to paycheck. And in 2040, they have... Uh, Listen, I'm, I'm not saying that the environment is not important, but they push, the government pushes the agenda to force all, now all buses within the state have, must be electric by 2040. Yes. And I understand clean energy, but they use force to do it. Now, I don't want dirty water. I don't want dirty air. I want my Me kids either. to grow up in a healthy environment. But they always paint the, the right as people who don't care about the environment. How do you gain these house seats back? I mean, well, if you take California true. and you and you get these house seats to make it, it, it the Republicans yes. may have control over the overwhelming. Well, that's not true that Republicans, you know, Richard Nixon started the EPA. So a lot of these um, 
a lot of people don't know how much the Republicans have started when it comes to environment. Um, Theodore Roosevelt, he was a great, he was a great man. He wanted to conserve a lot of land and preserve a lot of things. And we do care about the environment, but when you have heavy overreach where the environmental groups such as the Sierra Club make it impossible for any type of development and it hinders with job growth, then we have a problem. So the the left hijacked a lot of these um, agencies and made them extreme. And that's where a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't know the history and actually I call it the nitty gritty of everything that's happened and why the Republican Party has a back stigma because we're not educating. We're not saying that is false. We're not challenging. And I'm going to say that as a Republican in the party and as a delegate, we're not challenging and debunking these myths. And that's what we're going to have to do in California. We do want people to come here and thrive through legal immigration. We do want better schools, even if we do promote charter and private, but we do want better public schools. But you have the teachers unions that are hindering good education. They're they're hindering um, good teachers to come and teach. So those are the battles that we're going to have to face as Republicans in California. And And I say this all anywhere in the country. Local level politics is where it starts. You're going to have to get involved in your city council meeting. I, I posted on my Facebook page, I'll probably post it on Twitter, where the city of Compton, the residents finally got fed up because they have craters, literally huge potholes that are so huge in their city. They finally went to their city council meeting and had an uproar. I said, this is what you need to do. Stop blaming Republicans because we are not in your city. It's Democrats. It's the Democratic policies that are holding you back. It's the Democratic policies that are holding all of us back, especially in California, when it comes to taxes, when it comes to construction, when it comes to the simple things in life, like getting a straw to drink your soda, your soda with, or your water with at a restaurant. I did read an article in your state in New York. They're trying to ban hot dogs because of the climate change. I'm like, are you kidding me? Hot dogs? <laughs> So these are the things that people don't think it doesn't affect their daily life, but it does. Those little simple things, it does. I did post something on my Facebook page about California wanting to give free phones to a lot of foster kids. But I said, well, what about free phones to the homeless? We have a homeless crisis going on here in California. San Francisco, I heard it so bad. My brother lives up north and he can't even go there just to enjoy time because they're actually defecating all through the streets. And yes, they have a the map. city spending millions of dollars just to, to power wash the sidewalks of urine and fecal matter. And that is Nancy Pelosi's area. That is Gavin Newsom. I'm like, you're going down to South America, Central America to promote, but you're not even taking care of your citizens here. So this is where. Anybody, I tell them, I don't care if you're a Democrat, independent, uh, libertarian, Greenpeace, you're going to have to say enough is enough. I like Cher's tweet where she said enough is enough. We have problems here. And I know everybody ran with that tweet. I did too. And I, and I reminded some people, Sonny Bono was our representative a long time ago until he passed away. And the Mary Bono became our representative. 
and they were both Republicans. Wow. So, and Sharon knows this. She, I, I think she's playing with this Hollywood persona, oh, I will never be a Republican or a Red or anything, but come on, Cher, the obvious is right there. I'm not asking you to switch to the Republican Party, but you're a good, strong voice to say, look, we have problems here when it comes to homeless and jobs um, leaving and everything else and crime. A lot of people think that, I, I know, and I'm not saying that is wrong or false, middle America in, certain, in a lot of areas, areas are flourishing off the president's policies. But California and New York, you're in New York, I don't see it because yes. of our state policies. Yes, because that that and I think that's part of the plan and what where the effect is is when they did the plan and they capped the $10,000 for your property tax write off. Mm -hmm. They know that states like New York and California are over that $10,000. Yes. And that's a state issue cuz that, that's your state and local taxes taking effect. Yes. Now, you touched on Cher's tweet and I and I believe that that refers to the crisis at the border. Yes. And when Donald Trump said, you know what, we're going to give once they, these uh, immigrants that are being held past the 20 days, we got to let them go. We're going to give them rides to sanctuary cities. Then everybody on the left who is pro sanctuary city all of a sudden changes their tune. So Cher called them out on it and said, enough yes. is enough. Let's just get this. What is what, how do we handle the crisis at the border? You need to shut it down. I I. The, I didn't agree. I know the president was testing what the response would be and to show what the left would truly say about sanctuary cities. But you just need to shut it down. You need to tell Mexico, get a handle on your side. We will get a handle on our side. Enough is enough. Right now, we have so much crime going. And I'm not saying that everybody is like this. We have a lot of crime coming over here, drugs human trafficking, um, everything you can think of still coming to the border states, especially California, where right now we are so limited in resources. We're limited on housing. We have a measles outbreak. We have a typhus outbreak. We have a homelessness is growing. And enough is enough. I say shut it down. I've been to the border. I, was, I did a border tour during my campaign, and I talked to a lot of the Border Patrol agents and their unions. And they said, you know, these are the issues and this is the problem that we have here. Not only the wall, but getting better equipment, getting better um, things that they need to do their job. But also they're very undermanned. And so they need to hire more Border Patrol agents. But at the same time, the uh, Department of Homeland Security, I, I was kind of disappointed that, um, what was her name, Christian, she, she left, she resigned. But we need to really say, uh, tell Mexico, you need to do things better on your end. Because otherwise, we're going to really shut this down. I know the president wanted to do that, and I think he should have. But people were saying, oh, well, we won't have avocados. I don't even barely eat avocados, so it doesn't <laughs> bother me. That was, that was the stupidest excuse I've ever heard. But I understand there was other trade. You can keep the trade open. It's going to be a lot to really search the trucks to see if they're smuggling. But we really need to tell Mexico and have a big um, conversation with them to say, look, this is ridiculous. Uh, El Salvador, those other countries, this is ridiculous. We're giving you money every single year. What are you doing with the money? Otherwise, we're going to pull that money away from you and start really threatening them.
and, and, and there's a lot of people in Mexico that do come across the border every day for work. So yes. if you shut down the border, that's going to affect the Mexican no, economy can, you, because you, they take our tax dollars that they make here and just bring it back over to Mexico. So if you shut down the border, it's if you're it, if you're there for work and that happens, uh, I you know you served and I served when we had a no go. You can't go to a certain area or certain city unless it's for work purposes. Then that's okay, but just to come over here constantly and constantly. You have to say, if you're a doctor in Mexico, you have your practice here in America, just right across the border, of course, let them through. That's their business. But if and if you live on this side and you're a teacher on that side, okay, I get it. But at the same time, you're just letting anybody come over here without proper vetting to say, why are you here? And you have human trafficking. You have to say, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, shop over do some shopping you know what you're not going to shop today or i'm going over to tijuana to do such and such just to go visit no you're not going to do it i remember in the military it, when it came it was a big crisis going on in one of the cities in mexico and they told us don't go here here and here until further notice unless it's for official business you can do that so this whole entire wall what if you have a business here in in america Okay, I get it. It's official business. But at the same time, we have to think we're having more caravans coming here, thousands and thousands, and they're getting clashes with the Mexican police and, and everybody else down there, too, and with our with our border patrol. We have now, to see enough is enough at some point until we get a handle on it. Now, I want to I want to finish up with uh, two points. Okay. Me personally, I my libertarian side is less federal government, more local government. Right. If you were elected to Congress, would you allow more allocation back down to the state and local levels as far as uh, budgeting and um, balancing their own budgets? Because if they could take care of their own communities, they would be less dependent on the federal government and therefore less money would be needed tax revenue wise. And the second part of uh, my uh, my second part of my question would be, you do run 2020 and you do get elected. What is the first issue that you handle? To answer your first question, I always tell people I, I do believe in states' rights and local rights and the regional because we have regional government here. But I always tell them I'm afraid with California because I see the muck that's going on when it comes to policy in California because we have a supermajority in Sacramento where they're just raising taxes and taxes and taxes. So it is scary. But no, I, I agree with you. As a federal level elected, I will push for states' rights and local rights and help. You know, we have another congressman who was great. Um, he used to be my congressman. He helped get more federal funding down to help fix the infrastructure. That's fine. But when it comes to states' rights, the way I see my state is going is more is so scary. I don't want to break from that belief and that foundation of state. Uh, if everybody has their own three powers, the local, the state, and the federal government. That's why I promote other people who are running for state government and local government that have libertarian and conservative values that understand each roles of government and to work together. Um, my, to answer your second question, 
the first thing I want to do is to really push VA healthcare reform, to really push it because I, like I said, I don't know if it was recorded or not. I had friends who committed suicide and they needed a lot of help. They had PTSD and they had other health issues. I really want to see the VA healthcare system revamped where we can really start promoting and start vetting those that they hire. I, I don't, I said earlier that recently I read an article in my local paper that a convicted murderer was hired at the VA. We need to really start scrutinizing and tell the unions, look, this cannot happen. This is an embarrassment. This is dangerous to hire a convicted murderer. That's really dangerous to do. We also need part two. I really want to push to have and, and honestly, to start scrutinizing congressional uh, candidates or Congress, uh, Congress reps like Omar to have a background investigation before they sit on these committees. She has too many ties to different terrorist organizations, and I'm saying this publicly, and as a military veteran and as a former security manager, I know the process. She should have never sat on the Intelligence Committee, her or Adam Schiff. They need to have full vetted background checks. I ran um, during my campaign a Wan Brothers. They were the three brothers who were spies. And Mark DeConnell had them as aides. He, they worked in his office. And mm. I started questioning how they do background checks. And I asked somebody who worked, you know, who was a congressional aide. They said they don't do full background checks like they do for military and DOD personnel overall. I said, this is a problem because now you have a congressional member who's sitting on the intelligence committee who has connections to the Muslim Brotherhood and care. That's a red flag. And she has access to a lot of information. Sensitive so, material that could be dangerous to the yes. wealth and well-being of the United States. Uh, of the whole entire United States. And she would have never passed a regular DOD background check. Period. I think and that I, is a very I, important point. And, and I tell people, you, you know, you have to start thinking about this. Yes, they are elected officials, but they are handling so much information that is classified they can't even read a Mueller report, and it's just amazing to me. They don't even know what redaction means. And as a former DOD employee with a background in security management and IT, I know how, how all of that works. Just take, for instance, Hillary Clinton. Her, her staff did so, you know, destroyed emails, destroyed equipment, had a server in her house. That was so many U.S. code violations. So we're going to have to come to a point, and I, I don't know if it will pass on the House floor. I don't know if I'll get backlash. But I want to explain it to the American people and the rest of the Congress. If you're going to have access to this, you're going to have to take the same background check as a regular DOD employee and get training. Because too much information is being leaked to adversaries. And right now we have a big, huge problem with China. We have a huge problem with a lot of people coming in, becoming congressional aides, uh, getting to office with no, ser with no full vetted background check before you even sit on the committee. Same thing with Mark DeConnell. He had two of the Awan brothers that were his congressional aides, and they had access to everybody's information, especially those in the military. And that's scary to me. 
and that's where and that's where a lot of people are going to have to realize that these people and member these members of Congress and the Senate, they they're going to have to start getting scrutinized even more. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the VA issue as your number one issue and yes. uh, serving in the service. I, I am 100% behind you. And I started following you, your campaign a long time ago when you first started running. And uh, I followed everything to do. And I really hope that in 2020, you were able to unseat Mark Takano. Now, before we go, I would like to give you the pla- platform. Here you go. Anything okay. else you want to close with? And I want to know, how do we follow you? How do my listeners get involved? Keep up to date with what you're doing. And this way, when you do announce your run for 2020 they could donate they can follow me on con uh, on twitter aja for congress a-j-a-f-o-r congress i'm on twitter i'm on facebook this aja smith for congress i have a facebook page i'm probably going to start doing some youtube videos and once i do i'll i'll promote that and i'll share it with you as well and i tell people just keep on the lookout i have to raise a lot of money for more materials. I did pretty good. I, I raised enough. I, I raised about 30 grand for my first time running with no name recognition, but I made a big significant impact because I don't give up. And I keep telling people and reminding people the issues that we're facing here, not only in California, but also the nation and why it's important to get out to vote. Even in the midterm elections, you have to get out to vote because you're voting for judges, you're voting for your local level. This midterm election, California, we ended up with Gavin Newsom. So we have to get out to vote. One thing I do tell people, when you're voting and when you're seeing candidates, even though I don't have a, a voting record yet, but listen and to see the, uh, the opponent, the incumbent, and go look at their voting record. There's another great website. I'll post it up on my Twitter and I share it with you. It's called votesmart.org where it shows everybody's voting record. And you can see how they voted, yay or nay. And start looking at those bills that are being presented because that's the key important part. It may sound, well, that's not going to affect me, but it can affect you for the little things such as the gas tax. That, that was actually our biggest fight here in California. And California really screwed us up on the ballot because they rewarded it so badly where we had to say, okay, we're going to have to say yes on six. Yes, repeal the gas tax. Now we're going to be projected paying almost $6 a gallon for gas. And it's, it's crazy. It took me $30 just to fill up a half a tank, just a half a tank. It used to be $30 or about $25 before to get a full tank of gas. Now it's $30 for a half a tank of gas. So those, I know people make fun of California and people (laughs) think we're a lost cause, but I'm telling people we are literally the battleground when it comes to house seats. We hold the most house seats. We hold the most um, delegates. We, we, I always tweet sometimes as California goes, so does the rest of the nation follows. And that is a true statement. I have a friend in New York. He calls me up and we, we go tip for tat. And I said, no, we've already done this. We've already done that. You're just behind in New York. So yeah. and we not and by far, really, though, 
Yeah, not by far. I said, I don't know if, if our states are running who is crazier in policy, but these are the things where people make fun of our states, but it's serious. You have to start paying attention because technically, if the Democrats get their way in 2020, they were going to, they're going to get rid of the Electoral College. They're going to do a mob rule. And guess which states are going to determine the presidential elections for now on? California, New York, and another one. Yep. The people forget that this is a constitutional republic represented exactly. by the people. And the House is the most important part of government, in my eyes. Um, the House is the, you know, if you, if you learn history... When our country was being form, form, um, f- uh, formatting, we weren't. They were debating if we were going to have a, a, a head of state or not. They were just going to just keep the house because the house has all the power. Right, and, and the power of the purse, which is important, especially yes. when it comes to. Uh, we have a twenty-two trillion dollar deficit, and it's only going to increase. We need to bring back down the debt because the debt is uncontrollable and control oh, spending. It's, it's really uncontrollable. But, you know, the VA issue, when I've been reading the suicides, you know, recently they had suicides at the VA hospital in the parking lots. This is terrible to treat our vets. And I have a congressman, teacher for Congress, who's never served as the chairman again. And I haven't seen anything that he's doing but running around like Chicken Little regarding the Mueller investigation. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening, 41st Congressional District, Aja Smith, she's going to be running for 2020. Follow her, donate when it becomes time, and yes. veterans. Veterans out there nationwide, you could vote, You could still donate even though yes. you live in another state. So please fund her campaign and help her take down Mark Takano. Thank, Thank you very you. much, Aja, for coming on. I really appreciate you giving me the time. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Please keep in touch and have me at any time. All right. Thank you very much. We'll be back on American Liberty. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was Aja Smith. What do you think? Sounded pretty good. She has some ideas. Obviously, Mark DeCano, not the right guy for the spot. Not the right guy to be sitting on the Armed Services Committee. Somebody who has zero knowledge or experience with the military and what they need in order to protect this nation. So once again, I'm going to remind everybody, follow us on Facebook at American Liberty Podcast. Like the page. Instagram at American underscore Liberty underscore podcast. Go to Twitter at Kev Warmhold. K-E-V-W-A-R-M-H-O-L-D at Kev Warmhold. That's my Twitter feed. Also, you could go to at Dissecting Bay one That's the official American Liberty Podcast page. Subscribe on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Podcast, Radio Public, iTunes, hopefully Podbean at some point. Um, I will resubmit to them. Please follow us. Keep up to date with what's going on and stay free.